a radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. This is then a sanctification. Is a daily drowning of the flesh and a, and a daily rising again of the new man to life. And that is what we call repentance. The law comes to us and shows us our sin, and then the gospel comes and, and forgives our sins, and, and, and by that the new man rises daily to life. The point is the forgiveness of sins. I mean, I, I wonder if the gospel was preached in that gray old church. I wonder if the sacraments were rightly administered. Because if it was, that's the point. I wonder if those gray old people needed the forgiveness of sins. It's like putting Vaseline in your eyes before reading the New Testament to be a dispensation. Because <laughs> you can't tell anyway what's up and down. So. You're just trying to get on the Facebook quote page. Hey. Why do we have that anymore? The Facebook quote page. Don't we? I, I don't know anything about that. I don't think that was actually the same thing. I think there was a quote page and a Facebook page, and they were never the same. Hmm. Welcome, by the way, to Table Talk Radio. Sorry for interrupting you. Yeah, yeah. Tell us what our... You you planned today's show, so tell us all about it. Oh, I did. I, uh, <laughs> you don't remember. I don't have any idea what we're doing. Uh, okay, so first we're doing... I did build a new Facebook page. Remember how I mentioned that last last show? Last week? Yeah, I do. Rightly Divided Daily Bible Meditation. How's that going, by the way, the first week? Growing by leaps and bounds. Okay, good. After buzzwords and email, um, that it's your hint to remind you to get a buzzword. Um, we're playing Kick the I Dog, Comfort the here. Child. We played uh-huh. that once before. You got that? You got stuff for that, by the way? No, do you? Good stuff for that? Yeah, sure. We're playing that second segment. I'm I'm relying upon you to remind me how the game works. All right. And then name that theologian. Do you have stuff for that? I got a library here in my office. All right. And then uh, bumper sticker and church saint theology. Name that theologian. That sounds like a good show. Those are my favorite games. I thought so. No wonder you planned it. No so. wonder. All right, so give us a buzzword, Pastor Wolf Miller. My buzzword for you is doxology. Nice. Doxo means praise, apparently, and logos means word. Doxology means, wait a minute, is it, yeah, so, wait, 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 yeah, yeah, that's right, that's what it means. So doxology means a word of praise. Mm-hmm. We normally use it. Well, I guess that's what we use it for. We normally use it to describe the hymn that says, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. So, which that we, comes from the Greek. Which we could sing in Madagascar. Da, 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 we could. They knew it. Then, uh, I do remember that. What did we sing that? And we sang the, uh, the Mighty Fortress. Uh-huh. That was nice. There's, there's another word with doxy in it, and that is orthodoxy. And ortho means straight. Like an orthodontist is straightening your dentists. <laughs> the dentist must mean tooth. <laughs> Just guessing. Hopefully that's what it means. My dentist uh, is all crooked today. Orthodoxy means straight praise. Because <laughs> if you got false doctrine, you don't have a straight praise. I'm Mm-mm. telling you, it's not straight praise. Mm-mm. It's all watered-down praise. That's right. Waterdoxy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my theological buzzword for you is Talmud. The Talmud is a multi-volume book of Jewish law which expands upon the Mosaic law as given in Scripture. 
In the traditions of the Jews, it was regarded as the oral, the oral Torah. The Talmud was preserved and transmitted orally until the Middle Ages when rabbis were being persecuted and killed in significant numbers. Fearing that it would be lost, rabbis committed the Talmud into print. All right. You got two Talmudic traditions. You got the Alexandrian Talmud, which comes from Alexandria, if you were wondering about that. And then the Babylonian Talmud. One of them is like seven times longer than the other. And in the, so you have in the Talmud, you have, this, you have the Bible passage, and then around that you have the Mishnah, I think, if I remember this right, and then around this, which is commentary on the text, and then around that you have the Talmud, which is a commentary on the Mishnah. Commentary on the commentary on the commentary. Basically, <laughs> it's like a study Bible. So whenever you deny... Um, but more interesting. Whenever you deny sola scriptura, you have to have these additions and adding on <laughs> commentary. Hey, study Bibles are not a de facto denial of sola scriptura, oh, I would yeah. like you to... I, I'm totally offended. That's wonderful that you clarity. Would that you would suggest that. By the way... Um, <laughs> So, yes. That's really damaging to your uh, Facebook group. If you have a Facebook group that tells you how to read the Bible, that's a denial of sola scriptura. It's a, it's a, it's a scriptures read in the context of the church. That's all I have to say. Is that by well, the way? Two more people want to join here. Was that your? You said by the way too many times already. Because you won't let me get a word in. All right. Was that your attempt to uh, get the buzzword just now? What was it? <laughs> Never mind. Howard. Right. Is is my buzzword Talmud? Yeah. Did I say Talmud? Yeah. No. Okay. I was just kicking around. Oh, okay. All right. No, let's... man, I don't say it to the very end, to the points. What I'm going to say something like, the points are like uh, all the Lamads that come at the end of the page <laughs> of the Talmud, or something dumb like that. Okay. I just haven't had 42 minutes to think about it. How about an email, huh? Ooh, dang. I got one for you. Okay. Uh, let's see. This says... Could you please address this church sign I've seen shared around Facebook? Thanks, Vanessa. And then it says, is there a link to a church sign? Oh, we're going to play this game already. Maybe we shouldn't do this. It says, God prefers kind atheists over hateful Christians. Got it? Rose City Park, United Methodist Church. Now, look, I have something to tell you before you comment on this. Mm Mm-hmm. And that is, this is a fake church sign. Uh, this is not see, a real thought, church sign. I thought so. Uh-huh. And the reason is, I know it, is because it's not a pun at all. <laughs> Gave it away from the get-go. <laughs> and they have these uh, church sign generators where you just type in whatever you want, and it puts it right there on a picture. So you the, can have these. This, this is a famous, a famous fake church sign, though, and it says, God prefers kind atheists over hateful Christians. What say you, Pastor Gagline? False. That would oh. not be... Orthodoxy, straight teaching. Um, so what this is trying to say, we should—that's not your buzzword. You you missed it. Doxology is your buzzword. I know. I was just all right. All right. Okay. Keep carry on. Anyway, um, what this is trying to say is that it's better to be kind and than God to be mean or hateful. Yeah, what's um, wrong with that? Uh, a lot, because <laughs> um, what you believe matters, uh, because. Um, it doesn't say, John 3.16 does not say, he whoever is kind shall not perish but have eternal life. It says, he who believes in him, my son, only begotten son, shall not perish but have everlasting life. So it actually matters what you believe, uh, it turns out. Um, Typical but Ford this is, guy. This is just some atheist making a funny thing. Here's another email. Jeanette 
we have time. And North Carolina says, Hi, pastors. Remember a podcast a while back where you discussed questions to use when examining yourself with each of the Ten Commandments. Could you post the list of questions? It was things like, am I content for the last ones? I can't remember the rest. Hope you can. Thanks. Jeanette, you remember this? Uh, only after you responded in email. Th- then I remembered. <laughs> How much time do I have? First commandment Couple minutes, is... Yeah. Uh, oh, good. First commandment is... What am I afraid of? These are our self, Ten Commandments self-diagnostic questions. What am I afraid of? Second commandment, how are my prayers? Third commandment, what is my attitude towards worship? Fourth commandment, what is my attitude towards authority? Fifth commandment, am I angry? Sixth commandment, am I content in my vocation? So something like, am I content with my spouse? Or if I don't have a spouse, am I content with my chastity? Seventh commandment, this is a little tricky, but it's probably something like, am I greedy? Or am I generous? Eighth commandment, am I bitter? Ninth and tenth commandments, am I happy? Okay, then with about a minute here, can you describe why this list of questions is helpful, what it's used for? Well, yeah, so the law, semper accusat, which means that's the Finnish way of saying the law always accuses. You know, you probably don't know Finnish. I don't. (laughs) I also don't know what language they even speak in Finland. Is finished the real language? So anyway, the lo- lex semper accusat means in Norwegian, the law always accuses. And so the Ten Commandments are always accusing us of our sins and showing us our sin, which is to say showing us our need for a Savior, Jesus. All right. That's well, when we come back from this break, we're going to be playing the game Kick the Dog, Comfort the Child, whatever that means. And, uh, and also after that, name that theologian in bumper sticker theology. If you have a comment or question for us, give us a call, 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652, or you can send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back after this commercial break. Table Talk Radio, a radio show that gives the opportunity to cope with disappointment week after week. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Kick the dog, comfort the child is the game. Now, Pastor Wolfman, I don't really remember how to play this game, but I think I was supposed to supply the dog, and you're supposed to supply the child. Is that right? Well, here's here's the way this thing goes. One of the one of the things that that makes the radio show, you know, our little radio show here, makes it hot like chili peppers. I mean, that's what people say. You guys, <laughs> that's the show. It's really cooking. Yeah. Uh-huh. You guys are like chili pepper hot. Yeah, I remember. Like ghost pepper. Yep. I hear. I just you guys heard are that the other day. Fuego. <laughs> In fuego. Oh, yeah. I hear it all the time. I mean, tell me about it. And, I mean, look, really, it makes, it makes sense. I mean, two good-looking guys like us. How can the show not go crazy? Now, one of the things, I don't know if people notice this, but one of the things that makes radio shows go crazy like ours, have tens and tens of listeners. Other than the really good looks of the hosts. Yeah, and huge muscles. Yeah. Things like that. Is a little bit of controversy. You know, a little controversy goes a long way. <laughs> That itself is a bit of a controversial statement. Now, you know, that's why the best parts of the shows are where when you or I go bizarro. Like last <laughs> week? Something nutty, some fool says. Now, 
trouble with that is that not maybe going bizarro is maybe not always the most helpful reaction to uh, false doctrine. Sometimes, yep. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. Now, we have this distinction taught to us by our friend Martin Luther, who says that when we're dealing with false doctrine, we make a distinction between... That's French. Did you hear that? <laughs> French pronunciation? <laughs> We make a distinction. So multilingual. <laughs> and we've already had Finnish, Lexemperacusit, or Norwegian, one or the other. Greek. Greek. Do we have Greek? Doxa. And now, what was it? Yeah, Doxa. Yeah, that's right. Talmud. That's probably Hebrewish. <laughs> now, this is, you got to be like, you have to be as like educated. Like This is like reading, listening to Table Talk Radio is like reading The Wasteland by T.S. Eliot. <laughs> You have to know like 17 languages. <laughs> Anyhow, Luther makes this dis distinction between the false teacher and the falsely taught. Oh. And he, he says it's like a dog biting a child. You got to kick the dog and console the child. That's my paraphrase. So you kick the false teacher and you console the falsely taught. Now, mostly around here, let the reader understand, and by reader I mean listener. Let the reader understand that we're mostly kicking the dog, huh. mm -hmm. which makes better radio. I have noticed that, by the way. But the trouble is that sometimes we, in our daily lives, are not encountering dogs, false teachers. In fact, most of the time, we're encountering the bit children. That I is, see. those that have been falsely taught. And when we're dealing with the falsely taught, we want to deal with them with a, with a degree of tenderness and kindness and gentleness in the conversation itself, lest we offend them, etc. So, this game is invented to show the difference between kicking the dog and consoling the child. So we pick a theological topic, and we talk about how would you deal with it if you're dealing with a false teacher, and how would you deal with that if you're dealing with someone who's falsely taught. The, the name that didn't fly for this game was... Um Typical Fort Wayne grad, typical St. Louis grad. Um, but uh, yeah, of right. it turns out... I don't know why. <laughs> Look, it's, so sometimes you have to be forceful. Other times you have to be winsome. And, and when, especially when we're dealing with the falsely taught, the Lord, in fact, requires of us a degree of gentleness and uh, listening. See? Got it? What happens if the false teacher is also falsely taught? Which I'm convinced is, is half the time. Yeah. I think this is right. I, I think you have good instinct here because um, I think we need to assume when we deal with someone who's holding false doctrine, our first assumption ought to be that they are the falsely taught. And so we begin with the presumption of gentleness, that they're a victim of their own false doctrine, and we do everything we can to, in kindness and peacefulness, draw them to the truth of the scriptures. Right. See that? Mm hmm Okay. So yeah. so what we we throw out a, a false teaching and then uh I do one and you do the other. Is that how this works? Yeah. All yeah, right. That's how it goes. So what are we gonna address first? Uh how about this? Uh I love praise music. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll uh <laughs> which do you want? <laughs> Whatever. You pick your one you want. Um I'll I'll comfort the child on this one. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, the problem with with praise music is that it uh, our our worship, in some way or another, confesses what we believe about God, 
And uh, for, I think the first thing to note is that our praise music departs from that confession of who God is over the past mm, 1,950 years. <laughs> so, Careful. <laughs> <laughs> Sarcasm and comfort often don't go together. <laughs> Easy. Here's a little close. Kicking the dog there. Back. Whoa, back. <laughs> that was a sorry, literally 1,950 years. Um, so, so I think that we want to be sure that what we're doing in our worship is confessing who God is. And the, the worship music, um, the, the, the praise song expresses a different picture of who God is than what the, the scriptures give us. Um, part of that is that God comes to us in his means, that he comes to us to forgive our sins. And we know that not according to our feelings, but we know that according to his promise in his word. And that, that word of promise is bound up to, to sacraments uh, in the bread and wine and in the water of holy baptism. So that no matter how I feel, I can know that I'm indeed forgiven and right with God because of his promises. If we, uh, if we, in, if we embrace the, the praise song idea, what we're essentially doing is saying that I should evaluate God on the basis of my feelings. At least that's what it trains us to do. All right, now kick the dog. Uh, you crazy mystic, driving people from God's uh, revealed word and his sacraments, pushing them towards an experience of God on the inside and destroying their faith. Because while you preach the forgiveness of sins as an objective reality, won for us by the death of Jesus on the cross, you put into people's lips and in their hearts the exact opposite truth, namely that you know how God feels about you by how you feel about him, which is a diabolical lie hoisted on the human nation, uh, on the human race from the devil in the garden. <laughs> okay, I think, I think I'll just stick to comforting the child. I think that's all I know how to do. You, you do what you do best. But, but here, here, now, here there is a, a, a further thing with comfort, too. When we say, people say, I like praise music. Say, oh, I like a lot of that music, too. And in fact, I mean, in for me car. personally, for me personally, there's been there was moments in my life where uh, I, I I I was just by myself. I mean, literally living like alone in a tent, and the only seemingly comfort I had was playing uh, the 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 music from the Maranatha Praise Band, and and I still hear those songs, and they're profoundly moving, uh, and poetic, and some and sometimes even beautiful. Uh, but but there is something to be looked out to because every song that we have is a teaching. Mm. True. So, True enough. Yep. Well, I've got another issue, and and uh, we can we can tackle, All and right. uh, that issue is closed communion. We did that last time we played. Oh, this did game. we? Okay. Well, then you come up with another one. <laughs> Lady pastors, how about that? Oh, wonderful. Hey, uh, so here it is. This is it. Uh, here's the comfort the child thing. Literally, here's a so a eight year old uh, girl in the congregation comes up to you and says, "Pastor, is it true that I can't be a pastor when I grow up?" Yep. Now there's your comfort the child thing. <laughs> you got it, lady. Okay. I'll, I'll, <laughs> right on. High five. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll I'll tackle I, that because they because she says I'd like to be a pastor if I could. Right. Right. Well, okay. I would say this that um, uh, I think it's I think it's fantastic that you want to um, be a proclaimer of God's word, and maybe that would be where to start. You know, ask her why why you know, but. To be a proclaimer of God's word, 
Um, however, I we we aren't always given to be whatever we want to be, no matter what your kindergarten teacher tells you. So <laughs> I'm wrong. I'm not very you good at lacking this. You are not good at this. <laughs> Whoa, back. Typical Fort Wayne grad. But no, I was going to say this, but there's, a- <laughs> there's many ways, little girl, there's many ways <laughs> yeah, you can be. i at this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, we're coming up on a break. If, if, if sarcasm doesn't work, pursue <laughs> condescension. <laughs> Good thing we're playing this on the air. <laughs> All right, we need to take a break. We'll be right back. Uh, finishing up uh, some cover the dog. Or no, <laughs> that's about kick, right. Kick the dog. <laughs> kick the dog. Cover the child, and then we'll play name that theologian. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Talk Radio. Disappointing listeners since 2008. Anything you could do, I could do better. I can do anything better than you. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. No, you can't. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. Anything you can be, I can be. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Let me explain why it's why it's so difficult to comfort the child on this radio program because Pastor Wolf Mueller is over there, and he just draws out the uh, the sarcasm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I stand behind the child, making funny faces. Ooh, how you gonna handle that one? Ooh. No, but it, it it is true that it's a wonderful thing to want to be. Uh, the Lord's servant and and be a proclaimer of His word. Um, however, um, we don't get to necessarily choose our all of our own uh, vocations. So, um, well, if I you know said, "Boy, I want to be a mommy someday," um, that's not possible. That's not what the Lord has given me to do. Um, so, uh, so that we would we would look for the ways that the Lord has given us um, opportunity. And so while it might not be given to us, the Lord hasn't given to us to, uh, to be a pastor, to stand in a pulpit, and uh, to preach a sermon or to, to uh, dish out communion, um, he has maybe given us a, a, a place in our neighborhood to uh, teach people about Jesus. Maybe he wants us to be a mommy someday and teach our children uh, about Jesus and bring them to church. And, and so there's many, many ways that we can be proclaimers um, of God's word, uh, and and to help people and to to comfort them with the gospel, but it's not always uh, through the form of being a pastor. How's that? All right, that's good. Okay, now you get to kick the dog. All right. Oh, so God's word isn't good enough for you, and you <laughs> got to replace it with your own word. Well, listen, Missy, your word isn't good enough for me. Amen. <laughs> was that the eight-year-old child still? No, no, oh, that okay. was to the whoever. Okay. <laughs> You can't, you can't, that's got to be, an eight-year-old child can't be a teacher of false doctrine. Now, I, 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 I want to point, I mean, I like what you said there. So now, uh, for, for 
this uh, woman who's desiring the holy office, which has not been given to her, then it, it comes at, at the cost of, of losing the Word of God. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. To pursue the office of the Word, you actually give up the Word. <laughs> there's an irony Ironic, there. yes. That is. Uh, I, I wonder about this, too. I mean, there's a handful of different reasons why ladies... Why, why churches say that uh, the lady pastor is a good idea? You have the charismatic version, which is which denies the office altogether. See, there's no uh, there's no call from mm. the church, so everything's internal by the Spirit. And so, uh, how can you deny if the Holy Spirit calls someone who's a lady? You have no you see capacity. So that's the one reason. And in fact, there were women pastors in the charismatic church before there were women pastors in the mainline denominations. Um, then, but then the the most of the places that we see women pastors, and and for an example, I I got the church down the street from here, has the the has an apostle and a pastor, and the apostle is the husband, and the pastor is the wife. Now, um, the most of the time that we see it though is in the liberal churches, which uh, have adopted have imbibed uh, the higher critical method of reading the scripture, which says. The higher critical method reads the Bible and says, this is probably wrong unless I like it. <laughs> mm. That's my take on it anyways. You think that works? And they read the Bible as a political propaganda. And uh, if it conflicts with their own political propaganda, then they reject it. Now, there's two schools of that. And that is that when it comes, because Paul will say a couple of times, I don't permit a woman to preach or teach in the church, etc. There is the Paul was a bigot school which means that basically Paul was wrong, and he was bringing his own culture to the Scripture text, and he was wrong about it. Or there is the more subtle, the Holy Spirit changes his mind school, which is to say that through that the Holy Spirit continues to reveal his truth through the church, and the, church, the truth that he's revealed nowadays is that lady pastors are a good idea. Wh- so. Which the latter is, is more popular. Yeah. Now, uh, so I think, though, this is guided by um, this kind of, worldly idea of equality so that so it's not that um i mean it, it's impossible to have it um to say we just want to objectively read what the word of god is and that word of god is objectively delivering to us through um this text that women can be pastors but rather it's that we have a desire for this thing and now we must prove text because if you had the word itself i mean if you if you're using the changing culture the changing times to be your interpretation of god's word it can't ever be objective it has to always be understood subjectively right and so now you can never have the word of god to speak against the culture around you it's always going to be in cooperation with the culture did but, i tell you about this time that i was talking to this episcopalian yes, pastor yes, yes, about like this four thing? times africa yes. racist yeah 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 oh, okay all right, fine uh well, did i tell it to our listener yeah like three times Okay. That's a good story, man. Yeah. That happened in Oregon. Yeah. I know. By the way, right re- the road for me. regarding the comfort that you want to give to the eight-year-old child, that she is to be commended in every way for wanting to learn and study the scriptures, and there is no limitation on the things that she can learn and study and delight in in the Lord's Word. So to encourage this girl as much as she can to continue to read and study and pray uh, the scriptures is good, and to read theology, and we need more um, uh, women reading serious theology and listening to serious theological shows like Table Talk Radio. I think I, that's what I just said, wasn't it? It's pretty much the same thing I said. 
I said it with more empathy in my voice. Okay, name that theologian. Oh, yeah. You got one for me? <laughs> I, yeah, sure do. Are ready? Mm-hmm. Righteous, justified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, I am still a sinner. But I am a forgiven sinner. A sinner clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Psalm 32. Simul usis David, King, King David. Mm, you nailed he it. He wrote Psalm 32. Simul usis et peccator, at the same time righteous and sinner, did not originate with Luther, but it has become one of the hallmarks of his Pauline theology of the cross. Forgiveness is central here, as it is in the entire doctrine of justification. I am not righteous before God because I have attained to sufficiently high moral standard of life, but because he has forgiven my sin and declared me righteous through faith in Christ, which is also his gift. I can boast of no adequate piety before God. Our piety before God consists entirely in the forgiveness of sins. For this reason, I say one must understand that the righteousness of a Christian is nothing that can be named or imagined but the forgiveness of sins. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like a Lutheran, by the way. What, what, now, what tipped you off towards that? I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what kind of Lutheran, though. This kind of Lutheran that likes to talk about law and gospel, which means everybody, sounded, it, sounded, um, it sounded like a modern Lutheran. Um, they, uh, apparently, this guy knows Spanish because we had the Spanish phrase in there, simul justus et peccator. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new thing. I like this new little thing. <laughs> Misidentifying every language. Uh, is this coming from a book or more like a web page? A book. All right. Um, hmm. So I'm going to guess that this Lutheran has published books. I don't wonder if this would be someone like our friend, our mutual friend, uh, who wrote the book about law and gospel, John Pless in that book, Rightly Dividing the Word of Truth. But I'm going to go for another quotation. Okay. And see if I can ferret it out a little bit more. <clears throat> this doctrine of law and gospel is extremely distasteful to natural man. We like to hear about the love of God. We feel comfortable hearing about his fatherly goodness, his forgiving grace, and his promise of heaven. It is good to cast our cares on him who, as Jesus says, knows our needs better than we know them ourselves. But who wants to hear, your sin will find you out, and the wages of sin is death? The love of God? Yes. But the righteousness of God or the wrath of God? No. How many congregations are lulled to sleep every Sunday with the assurance that, nothing, that there is nothing to worry about, for God is love, but never hear the call to repentance? Hmm. Interesting. Why were you... You were earlier reading... Dietrich Bonhoeffer. <laughs> oh my goodness. Sorry. Uh, because Sorry. you were trying to make the argument last week. Uh, can you dry off your microphone first? <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, remember your baptism microphone. An em <laughs> that was an emergency baptism right there. Uh, oh yeah, you were trying to make the argument that you were not church growthy by saying church. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so you pulled out Dietrich Bonhoeffer. <laughs> Hoffer. Good grief. I I think that could be who this is, too. Hmm. I don't know. One more. I'm ready. One more. 
I'm going to have to push this off to the break. So, um, and after this break, we're going to finish up playing Name That Theology. Are we going to have time for a bumper sticker in Church Science Theology? Oh, yeah, we'll have time. I just okay. won't do a theologian. <laughs> <laughs> How come I always get all the show prep? I don't know. That's why we have to have wagers so that you actually have to do some show prep. <laughs> I'll bet we do that again. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick commercial break. If you have comments or questions... You can call us 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-7652, or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Check out our website, by the way. It's at tabletalkradio.org. You know, when's the last time you bought something for a merchandise shop, Pastor Wolfman? Yeah, it's been a little while, yeah, at least a couple days. Check that out. You know, you can get your, your uh, what, doggy dish when you pay... Yeah. Uh, Kick the dog, come for the child. The dog. Okay, anyway, we're right back on Table Talk Radio and we'll finish up the rat this Table Talk Radio. The disaster continues. Welcome back. Last segment of the program here on Table Talk Radio. And Pastor Wolfmuller has received two quotations from this nameless theologian and uh, trying to figure out who this is. Any ideas besides, uh, what did you say, Pless before? Pless and Bonhoeffer, whoops. One of the two. Strange. Maybe. Could be, there's somewhere, there, there's room in between those two. So, let's see. Let's see what this last quotation is. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to decide what to do here. There's so many good quotes here. What page to read? Okay. What paragraph? What yeah. kind of what, insight which, to bring? Yeah, I was. I want to deliver only the, the very best for you. And uh, and for our listeners, don't forget about our listener. Oh, yeah. I always forget there's people listening to us banter I know. back and forth. It's easy. Do it's you want easy. the first paragraph or the second paragraph? Uh, second. Obviously. The relation of faith and sacrament has always been a major problem in Lutheran theology, and Luther himself realized that here we are involved in the mystery of faith. But one thing he is sure of, the answer must lie within the framework of grace alone. So in the sacrament of the altar, he takes the words of institution and declares, these words require and also convey faith and also exercise it in all those who desire this sacrament and do not act against it, just as baptism also brings and gives faith if it be desired. The sacrament of the, of the um, how do you pronounce that, the the Schwabach Articles? Schwabach? Schwabach Articles. I don't know. That's just a good guess. Uh, if in doubt, add an extra <laughs> Schwabach. This statement from the Schwabach Articles of Luther Schwabach. is reflected in <laughs> Article 13 of the Augsburg Confession, which states that the sacraments were instituted to awaken and confirm faith in those who use them. This faith is no vague and general faith in God, but must also relate to the sacrament and particularly to the promise in the sacrament. Ooh. For to constitute a sacrament, there must be above all things else a word of divine promise by which faith may be exercised. All right, now look, this is about talking about Lutheran doctrine, so I'm backing off of my bon- 
coffer and pless thing. Oh, and this is going to be, I think, w- one of three <laughs> books that I'm thinking about. Either the book, the wrongly named Lutheranism 101, which talks about the Lutheran doctrine, or something by our friend Hermit Sassa, uh, who is also often reflecting on Lutheranism in its ecumenical context, or this other book that's called, what is this called? Hold on, let me look over here. Um, Lutheranism, or something like this? This Paulson book. Um, but I'm going to guess, since this would be a theologian, and Lutheranism 101 doesn't actually, it just has an author, I'm going to guess that this is our friend, it's either going to be Paulson or Sassa. I'm going to I'm going to guess it's Sassa. Herman Sassa. Is that your final answer? It is. This is Herman Preuss. Oh. <laughs> dang. In a theology to live by. I just got a Herman Preuss book on my desk the other day. Nice. There it is. Okay. Theology to live by. There you go, indeed. The Practical Luther for the Practicing Christian. That's a catchy huh. title right there. The pra- Practical Luther for the Practicing Christian? Are you a Christian? Nah, I'm just practicing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's That's get good. to some uh, bumper sticker and church science theology. Yeah, man, let's get to it. These have been uh, reported to our hotline at 1-800-385-SOLA, and here it is. Hi, the following sign was seen at a Lutheran church, an evangelical Lutheran church, that read, Sunrise is God's way of telling you to lighten up. <laughs> Get it? Because of the sun? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lighten up. <laughs> that is so funny. It's lightening up out here. Hey, that reminds me. <laughs> That reminds me, your uncle called. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you don't know that famous joke? N- no. From the world's funniest man, Jim Gaffigan? Neither Harry do Harry Fatback. Any- he says, I've never tried Fatback before, probably because it's called Fatback. <laughs> Can't think of which word grosses me out worse, fat or back. <laughs> we should just add Harry. <laughs> this is some delicious Harry Fatback. That reminds me, your uncle called... <laughs> I think it's even funnier do, when I do it. Why I'm do sure. we? <laughs> why do we bother doing this show? We should just play an hour of Jim Gaffigan. We should. That's the best idea we've had around here in a long time. I've. That I, by reminds the way. me. You never get enough bacon. I want more. I want more bacon. <laughs> it's just like they're rationing it. I, by the way, have an entire station devoted to Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> You, you just could put it on? Workout. You just kind of wander around. You know. Can I do the elliptical? Or the... I gotta go. <laughs> sure, I burned some Oh, man. Oh. Do they give you that extra tight shirt along with the condescending attitude when you start working at the gym? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have we talked le- recently about how... Um, uh, uh, what are those oh, called? Um, church signs. Yeah, church signs. The puns. How how they are the biggest draw to get people in the churches. That's right. Like, I wasn't going to come here until I saw your pun on the sign. Look then, at then that I knew pun. This was the church for me. Oh yeah, that's right. All right, I got another one for you. Okay. Hey, Pastor Gagline and Wolf Miller, Ty hey. Fox, and uh, 
Oswego, Illinois, driving by a Baptist church sign, says, uh, you make the choice, God makes the change. That was my attitude when I worked at the burger place. You make the choice, I make the change, buddy. <laughs> you want the McDouble? I give you two dollars back. Okay, get it. So what? This see how saying... I, I see? Do you see how I made a pun out of the pun? I punked, that wasn't a I, pun. I punked the pun right there. Is no. what I did. No, that was. I just pun. I just punked that pun. Yeah, it is. You make the change. That's you make the choice. I make the change. You don't think God that's a pun? God makes the change. You think that's no. just an alliteration? What is the pun? The the alliteration is the cousin of the pun. Okay, but it's okay. It's not a pun. But, so this change. is basically saying choice, this is the whole thing. Um, God helps those who help themselves. <laughs> so God God can change all this. But if you're not willing, if you can't choose to help yourself, <laughs> God's not going to step in. You choose Jesus. He makes you awesome. Notice how everybody going to hell if that were the case. <laughs> God helps those who help themselves. Notice, you know those those uh, those people who were dead in their sins never tried to help themselves. You so never noticed that. It's amazing. That's right. By the way, which I'd like to say from you, the Baptist Church is this is a tricky thing because we look at them and we're like, hey, we're Lutheran. And we're like, hey, hey, you you uh, you Baptist, you're Arminian. Like, no, we're not because they're theologically Calvinists, but they are practically. Revivalists, which makes them theologically then kind of uh, revivalized Calvinism, which makes them look like Arminian, and they're gonna. So it's all about the choice. Can you imagine something? Someone have a, a magazine called Decision, and that's a Christian magazine. It sounds like more like a dating magazine. But that's what the worldview of evangelicalism <laughs> does. It changes the courtroom, the sanctuary of the conscience, into a dating service. E God. E God. Like, like e-harmony? Yeah. So do you just make a decision to have a relationship with Jesus? E-holy. E-holy. E-relationship. No, that didn't do it. I'm working yeah, on you it. Keep, you keep working on that. I All need right. a church sign author to help me with the pun. <laughs> I got, maybe this next one will help. Here it is. Okay, good. No. Hello, guys. My name is Dan of Richmond, Indiana, and I have two church signs for you. This one church has faith is belief that summer is coming. Yes, it's the middle of winter, and we know summer is coming, but do we have to believe it And because it's still going to come, isn't it? And the second one is another one is, if your face is down, try a facelift on Wait the same tree. Hold on. Gotta Who's love church signs. I feel like going to church now. <laughs> See, I told takes. you they worked. That's right. <laughs> that is the efficacy of the church sign. That's one of the doctrines. <laughs> All right. Uh, did you want to take the second one first? So what, that was it face down, try a facelift? If your face is down, try a facelift. That is dumb. Is that on the side of a plastic surgeon? <laughs> I mean, why, why would you... Oh, that's a church sign? Why would a church say try a facelift? I'm trying to figure out what the pun is here. So, I mean, obviously we know what the pun is, but how does it relate to the church? Well, the facelift, that means... You could have a facelift, which means you have a doctor sew your lips up so you're, you're smiling all the time. A little Botox. Or, Boy, now I'm happy. You could just smile. Face down, facelift. Now, in the uh, the the long uh, Table Talk Radio queue for uh, Church Shine and Bump Shaker Theology, uh, this one sat uh, in the middle of winter. 
and uh, said uh, faith is believing that summer is on its way. What do you think about that one? That's weird. See, here's the problem with that church sign, theologically. Oh, I, I, I'm against this sign, by the way. And that is because faith requires a promise. Ah. And we are never promised summer. <laughs> We're never yeah. promised tomorrow. What will come up tomorrow is not faith at all. It's true. Well, thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Where the points are like all the talk about justification by grace through faith in the Talmud. <laughs> it's in there somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, well, I'm I'm sure. Thanks for listening to this <laughs> edition of Table points. Talk Radio. Table Talk Radio is not for everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, and aversion to incomplete sentences with aquatic imagery, psychosis, coma, death, halitosis, lung cancer, brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, internal combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, an uncontrollable urge to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org.